0: Welcome to episode two of the second season of Whole Lot of Wolves. We're your hosts. I'm Joshua Buckley. And I'm Paul LePage. And our guest this week is the one and only Mike Shad from Virginia Wolves. How's it going, Mike? Good. How are you doing tonight? Pretty good. Pretty good. And Mike joined us last season for a couple episodes. But uh, you can, why not go ahead and offer a quick reminder about how your Wolves support came about.
1: Came about by diving deep into the interweb uh, about my spirit animal. And then aligning it, my spirit animal was a wolf. And then aligning it with the Premier League team that has a uh, wolf for its mascot, which is the Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah, that's about the uh, the shortest version I can come up with right now.
0: Paul, I think we probably have some of the most unique stories with how people that aren't from Wolverhampton became Wolves fans.
2: Yeah, that's right. we got spirit animals and ancestors.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Molyneux ancestors. And... <laughs> FIFA. Yeah.
2: <laughs> FIFA, yeah. and even
0: the pittsburgh penguins it's... <laughs> that's
1: right yeah, you know, yeah. very
0: <laughs>
2: effective. but that's the joy of sport i think and the the joy of fandom so <laughs> i warmly encourage you anyone yeah, else out there who's got a random story of finding the wolves and do get in touch
0: <laughs> yeah definitely definitely we have a ton to talk about today we're gonna first dive into the season opener last week wolves lost 1-0 mm. to leicester city And there were things to be frustrated about, but there was also some real positives to take from the game. Paul, how did you feel after the match? You seem to be in a fairly decent mood considering uh, they lost.
2: Yeah, game of two halves. Watching the first, it was like, what's changed?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was going to say. (laughs) Nothing's really changed from last season. Not a lot.
2: And then up-popped uh, oh, Mr Traore and missed that sitter and it just felt a little oh, doom man. and gloom from that point onwards and mm. what was it, probably five minutes later letting, letting a sloppy goal and it was a disappointing goal to give away from the contributions across the pitch that that saw it happen but to be in that position after that glorious chance it was unfortunate because i think if he'd have scored that one especially with the way that we played second half which definitely was a distinct positive and mm. you can take lots from it i think if we'd have gone a goal up in that game we'd have we'd have mm. closed it out and won won mm. quite comfortably um mm. but that on that it's funny that on the flip side Traore for me was man of the match and, and everything went through him it's still the first name on the team sheet yeah. He he had that un- unfortunate miss. But then in the second half when he just absolutely bullied Vestergaard out of the way with his strength and his power and everything that he's got and still had a good chance. If that yeah. had gone in, it would have all been forgotten and it would have been, Well, how great is Troyori scoring a goal like that which mm-hmm. sum sums him up all all the sum of his parts. Um yeah. People talking about, oh, he should have been in for Vestergaard as a centre-half signing and Traore made him look silly and putting him yeah. on his backside. I, I think we deserve probably a point on the balance of play over the half yeah. and to go to a Leicester team that are always chasing a Champions League place. They won the FA Cup last year. They've got quality throughout. For them to be hanging on in the final few minutes and going and taking the ball up the corner to hang on to that lead, yeah. I think it's more of a... shows what we did in that game in order for them to take that position.
0: I saw a great... Tweet after the game, and it said Adama was both the best and the worst player. <laughs> the <team laughs> and I was like, Yeah, that, that yeah. pretty much sums it up. Because like you said, Paula, I, I think you you could definitely save as the man of the match, but at the same time, can you give the man of the match to somebody that misses what was pretty much a wide open goal at that point? Yeah, I and mean, there was
2: that yeah. there was also that screen grab that did the rounds on Twitter of him through on the left-hand side, and it was Jimenez wide open in the middle, and it was yeah, prime yeah. for a cross yeah. on his left foot or to kick it across with the outside of his, and it's just, yeah. when you see, I didn't realise the extent of that chance yeah. in real time, but when you saw it as that frame, it was like, man, how did we not get something from from that particular move? And yeah. I think it, it's try or, in a nutshell. We saw it all on Saturday.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you guys think of the, uh, the Bruno Lodge comment about him? If he would, if he could finish, he'd be on, on a top team. Did you guys read that? In the-
0: I did, I did. So number one, I like the fact that Lodge is being a little more open on this stuff. I feel like that's part of his motivation. I, I was thinking more about that comment today, and here's what I'm anticipating to happen. I think Bruno Lodge has big plans for Adama this year. Here, mm. This this was an interesting stat, okay? Dribbles completed on Premier League's opening day. Crystal Palace 10, Everton 10, Leicester 9, mm. Chelsea 8, Adama 12. And it seems like he's going to take a lot more of an offensive role. I think Laj has gone to the board and said, do not sell Adama this year, okay? Keep him. I'm going to turn him, give make him have that end product, really turn him into an offensive force. And then next summer... He's worth that amount of money in going to big teams. So I think he's putting it in Adama's head like, listen, if you do what I'm wanting to teach you, you can go to a big club. And then that's going to help Wolves because they're going to get the big money from it. I won't be at all shocked if he signs a contract extension first couple weeks of September just so they have a little more leverage and then look to look to sell them next summer.
2: That makes a ton of sense. I think Large definitely comes across as a player's coach. And if Traore in particular buys into that and recognises where he can strengthen his game and what Large can do Mm. for it, then the sky's the limit. And he's right. If you add goals to Traore's game, if he could touch double figures, 10 or 12 a season... Yeah. You're talking at three figures, he three like in, in the hundreds yeah. of millions now. But the thing is we've seen it though. Those two goals away at Man City in the second season. Carbon copy of the opportunity had on, on yeah. Saturday. So we Absolutely. we know it's there. It, it, but it's fine margins and, and being cutthroat and doing it every time.
1: Yeah, consistency is huge. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, let's be honest, Adama's not a guy that wants to sit on the bench. He, he was early last season. He wasn't happy. So yeah. I don't necessarily think Adama wants to move right now because if he goes to a big club, he's going to be sitting on the bench. He'll come in as a sub, but I think Lodge has told him, look, you stay here for a year. I'll coach you up, give you an end game or an end product, and we're going to – it looks like a big part of the offense is going to flow through Adama and really take advantage of his unique skills. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's just interesting the way Bruno is. We're starting to see the differences between Bruno and Nuno because we never saw Nuno. He wasn't calling out Adama, making a specific comment on a player it was very rare for Nuno. Seeing Bruno's style come out a little bit more and more as I think the season progresses will be really interesting and how he gets his players to play the way he wants them to play.
0: So, uh, what were some other performances that stood out for you guys? I thought, I thought Max Kilman was tremendous. Yeah, if Adama doesn't get in, no. uh, although yeah. Kilman turned into uh, a number nine there late in the, <laughs> late in the game. Now he was so far forward. At some he time. really I was.
1: was. Like, Whoa, that was something different. Yeah. I thought he was so cool on the ball uh, defensively that it was quite remarkable to, uh, thinking about where he was last season and how little time he actually got on. And then this season, seeing him just on this first, I was, you know, really impressed. And I was like, why hasn't he played? I mean, how, how come he hasn't been playing like all last season? Which I think a lot of people questioned as well last season.
2: For me, it's, that gave me some optimism that he could definitely have a role to play in a back four with the right center back partner.
1: There's an, uh, there's an interesting statistic about him. He actually completed more long passes than Cody. I saw that. So that was like, oh, wow. So that was like an interesting little stat of like him bombing forward and doing those crosses that Cody is known for.
2: Likewise, is there a sweeper there? Is Cody's frailties when it comes to those battles with uh, Jamie Vardy that Mm -hmm. that ran him ragged at times, that does a more complete center back who could sweep, take that role? And is that a killman if if he's got that passing range as well? So it's interesting. (laughs)
1: Yes, he he's more physical as well, and just he's bigger than Cody's yeah. too. So it gives him another. I think the reason that Vardy scored one of the reasons is because they are very close in size, and Vardy kind of a little bit bullied him at the end in order to get across him. I don't know if he could do that to Kilman because he's bigger. Yeah.
0: An- another player I was watching interestingly was uh, Motinho. It felt like er- that, yeah. yeah, it felt like early on he seemed a little uncomfortable with the press and how high he was. they were wanting him to go up. But Mm -hmm. then he had that just beautiful pass to Adama to set the goal. Do you think with Motinho, it was more nerves early on, or do you think he's even a fit for Lodge's system? That's a
1: good question.
0: That's why I ask him.
1: I know. I mean, everybody says he's too old, uh, or getting too old, or is it too old. I think a more pressing style probably doesn't play to his strengths, Especially since, as we saw last year, when he was more controlling, I mean, he had like a crazy statistic of side-to-side passes mm-hmm. versus forward. So I don't know. I, there's a part of me that still wants to see going out of and uh, alongside Nevis. I think I that know. ship has sailed. I know, and I was sad. I'm saddened to hear that, but because uh, just because he was so, he was such. Uh, he was, way more aggressive than Neves is and faster and younger and mm-hmm. more physical. I think Matinho also has way more technical ability than I think Owen possessed. So yeah, I don't, I guess my end solution is I'm not sure, but probably at some point we do need to replace the, the oldest man on the team. Now, someone who is maybe in their twenties, I don't know, late twenties.
2: <laughs> I think it highlighted what Large has said about, the similarities amongst the players. Where to me, that Moutinho, if he stays, needs to be transitioning into a a bench player or a rotation right. player with right. Neves plus one other. And I think the one mm. other at the moment is Dendonka But really, to to go to that next level, that need that particular position mm. needs to be an upgrade. Needs to be an Owen Huttasoe style type of midfielder to complement a Neves or a Mutino if they rotate and that's where we'll get the value from. Those three, Neves, Mutino, and Dendonka, nothing's changed with them the past three years. Yeah, we
0: know who they are.
2: Yeah, Yeah. it's still the same that's being trotted out and some of them have regressed, certainly Moutinho's regressed age-wise, not through quality of his play, but the, mm-hmm.
1: the consistent
2: performance. He We can't expect him to play in, in uh, week in, week out no. in the side at 30, 35. And then Donk had a dip last season. Was that temporary? Is that going to be turned around? We don't know yet. It's not that body of work. So I
1: just... I just have a vi- vision of Dendonker last match. He was just like, I just felt like he was running back and forth. And I didn't see him really. Yeah, <laughs> Roblox, Roblox style. Yeah, like somebody was p- <laughs> pressing forward. Forwards. I don't know if it was Vardy or Tillmans or whoever it was. And uh, he was just like chasing him. I was like, yep, that seems about right for Dendonker. Just I chasing s- after a guy. I still think we're going to see
0: some of Cody in at defensive mid at some point. Once really? he goes to back four. Yeah, Paul and I have talked about it a little bit. I won't be surprised if it's like a 4-1, 3-2 or something like that, where mm-hmm. either he's just sitting in front of the line or even lined up beside I, I think, I think in Laja's good. system it might work. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
2: What- if, it did, if it did switch to that 4-4-2, that the Benfica 4-4-2 at some point, possibly I could see Cody as a defensive midfielder too. Yeah. But asking him to fill a Hmm. traditional number six, number eight in the center of the park. No way. He couldn't do that in the
1: championships. Yeah.
0: One thing I think we did learn was we definitely need Aitnery and Samato in the starting lineup. I thought poor Hoover. He's young. He's got talent. I didn't think he played that great. Played a little better in the second half. I thought Marsal was really bad. I thought his crosses were just all over the place. Yeah, he I should have had him over, yeah. He should have had five yellow cards. He was yeah. uh, it, it just with the how much he was being asked to go forward, I just I didn't see it, much, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was yeah, Hoover's push for that one guy. I, I thought for sure he was gonna get it. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, straight up back push. But yeah, Marcel didn't do yeah, he didn't do much for me. He kept on kicking over kicking those crosses. like Oh, it was to, awful. It was like he was crossing it to Hoover. Yeah, yeah, and then the only way that we even got them was because Hoover is decently fast or Dama would hustle and get it. But it was, you know, by that time, it's too late because all the defense is sitting back already.
2: But, I did yeah. think that was a reflection of the second half that Hoover had a much better second half and was more mm. involved. And it seemed to me, in my limited knowledge, that it was a subtle formation change. And Trincao... Went closer in on yeah. the right hand side and was mm. more buzzing around him, and there's more and slightly more central. And that had a positive impact on his game, and he had a better second half. It freed up some space where Hoover could hit the byline, go forwards, but mm-hmm. had more license. And I think we saw the benefit of it. So whether, whether that's work in progress as well, that they're still trying to find a balance if it is them two for these next couple of games. Obviously, Samado had some minutes for the 23s today or yesterday, I forget what it yeah. was. but yeah. So he could be in contention come Sunday. So it's still finding its feet somewhat in terms of how they're setting up and the mm-hmm. positions that these guys are taking up.
1: I like them battling uh, Hoover and uh, Samedo battling for the position. I think the Hoover could learn a lot from Samedo, and I think it's good competition for that position specifically. Yeah.
0: Now, you mentioned Trin Cow. I'm curious you guys' thoughts on him. It was his debut. To me, very quiet first half. Seemed to play better in the second half, like Paul said, once he moved a little inside. To me, it seemed like he was trying to get a little too fancy at times with his passes, and while I think he has a ton of talent, I think he is a starting caliber player. I don't know if he's a starting caliber player right now. I think he might be there, sir. What do you guys think on that?
1: I think it's interesting when you see, I think we saw this with Semedo last year. Uh, we see players come from different leagues. I mean, they're both, I think him coming from La Liga showed how different the leagues are, in, in both in pace and physicality. I think Trincao got pushed off the ball like once or twice. And then also just the, the speed at which the defenders come towards uh, the attacking mid mids is just quicker. They they have less time on the ball. Uh, and I think he it's gonna be a steep um learning curve for him. But I think I think he has enough talent and technical ability to get there. But I think you were right in in saying and that he he it doesn't look comfortable to me yet with the people around him but also the, the pace at which the, the play is occurring uh, on the field and I always think some of you I always remember last year someone was telling me about we were talking about tomato and the fact that tomato was playing behind Messi and so there there's things that he could get away with couldn't necessarily uh, get away with and I probably a little bit of the sim, you know similar thing. I think Trincao will be fine, but
2: I agree with a lot of those points that it's getting used to a new league and a Mm -hmm. new team. I really think his performances are going to come down to a partnership, probably Mm -hmm. partnerships that that player behind him on his right and also striking up a a partnership with Jimenez as well. I think if they get in on the same wavelength that could be really nice because Raul likes his little flicks and finding movement and dropping deep and into play that way if he can have that type of combo with Trincare I think that could cause a lot of trouble
0: oh man it felt so nice to see Raul back yeah, out there it just some of the very little it did, things yeah. it was like oh we've missed this
1: yeah I was just—I was—you just said I'm dropping deep, and I was reminded of you know how deep Raúl came back a couple times for the ball yeah. and, and to press it forward. But then also we missed that when we had last season when Jose or Fabio—they just—they didn't do that at all, and there were, they weren't. Yeah, they just didn't have a, as good of a hold-up play and control with the ball close to their feet as Raúl does.
2: He was there, hundred percent physicality. Yeah, with son troy and. Put him on his backside a couple of times as well. So didn't shirk anything and it was right. like it hadn't been away. So
1: yeah. when that
2: first goal goes in, when that first goal goes in on Sunday early, within four minutes, the whole yeah. place erupts. It's gonna be special.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> we get into transfer news uh, we need to talk a little bit about the latest rumors and this one could shake up the entire season paul i I know you texted this morning and said there's a lot of smoke around rumors of a netto injury what do you you think this is real we haven't heard anything yet
2: we haven't heard anything it could be one big game of telephone that Some person's heard something and someone else has heard something.
0: But he asked the the
2: chef at the Mount (laughs) Yeah, That's right. (laughs) So it's a case of that at the moment that it's not been definitively proven in any way. But Mm -hmm. the unfortunate thing is that the silence is somewhat deafening in that it has a lot of parallels to when Johnny had his reoccurrence Mm. of his injury last season and then prior to that when willy bolly broke his leg back in the second season remember up on the on the eve of the newcastle game that started to do the rounds on the the friday saturday morning that these whispers started and, and that got proved that he was ruled out in the game on sunday and that's where it came from so yeah it, it's got some of those parallels to it which is uncomfortable I think the only there's never a saving grace for it but if it is an extension of that injury if it takes him out for the season or or whatever it's not as if we're building stuff around him in the here and now because he has been out and he's not part of the first 11 so it's not like you're taking that massive important piece out but maybe it does certainly make it even more of a need to get a replacement in, which I think we're pretty light anyway, especially with Podent's not fully fit. Does that mean there's now two forward positions that need filling?
0: I think it definitely means Adama's not going anywhere. You can't have Neto yeah. out for the year and then Adama go Dama somewhere. Well. Yeah, you might as well just run up for a uh, 4-6 system. <laughs> just forget offense at that point. I do feel, and I was excited... To see what Neto was going to look like in this system, because I think Neto and Adama and Raúl in a large system was going to be super potent. So we'll see. I, the The injury thing is, I find very interesting as an American out here. When there's a big injury like this, it would be all over ESPN and everything, like You're within right. hours, and yeah.
1: There'd be a it's, timeline and everything. Yeah.
0: And it's so interesting with the EPL, what big business it is, how it's, there's so much centrifuge going on over there. Mike, what do you, how do you feel it would affect the team if Neto is out?
1: Oh man, that would be really bum, bum me out personally. He just brings so much energy to the team so much energy so much positivity not just in, in how he controls the ball and, and moving forward his personality he's like the true i feel like he's the true ne- next star big star if he was 100% he would be he'd be the man already yeah, i agree uh, but yeah it's a huge blow i think it's just a huge blow and him playing on the left side we have marcel and Aiden Ori. And just makes the team so much better. You can almost like if Neta was a hundred percent, you could almost get rid of Marcel. I know he has a two-year contract, but you could probably try and sell him and get rid of him and take some of that money and use it for a center back or, or something. I think at
0: this point we'd get like a bag of peanuts for yeah, Marcel. Probably get
1: like a yeah a <laughs> pat on the back, but at least we wouldn't have to worry about anymore. <laughs> pat on the back. I don't know. I don't know. I think yeah, it's just a huge blow for us. I think he it would probably help
0: Olds. Uh would probably help Wolves' health insurance premiums, I would think. Yeah,
1: we wouldn't have to waste time on the, the trainers who could uh, spend more time on somebody else. <laughs>
0: uh, oh,
1: man. Yeah. So. And so
0: with the news of this netto injury, back came the uh, rumors of Giancarlo Guedes. was hearing a little mixed things today. Some people uh-huh. were like oh yeah, Wolves are flying out there to work with Valencia on a deal. Others were saying, ah, it's not that close. I saw one that said, oh, they'd have to sell Adama before getting Guedes, which I thought was ridiculous.
2: Paul, what what are your thoughts? Uh, Do you think this thing's getting done? Again, a little smoke without fire. This name's prominent, and it's been recurringly prominent, so... I do think something might be happening, but I have got an inuring feeling that it is down to something, to, to a potential outgoing. And if Traore first name on my team sheet at the moment, then unfortunately, I think if it is him to depart, it has to be of a, certainly an amount that covers Gredes, covers A and other if that's Kangin Lee or whomever in a forward yeah. position and gives us some spare change to put elsewhere. So it's like getting 2.5 players for Traore if he does go, has being one of them. That's the only nerving element that I saw today, that deal link may be to, to do with Traore and the impending departure there. But we've got to see, we've, we've got to wait it out both on this potential injury news and when that transfer window shuts uh, mm. who, who we've got. So here are my thoughts
0: on it. I feel like they've definitely been talking King and Lee who's also with Valencia and Paul, oh, yeah. we've, we've talked a lot about it. Just marketing wise, that makes a lot of sense. You're going to capture the Korean market with him. So he's a good investment. My proposal that I brought up today was what if they go to Valencia and go, look, We'll give you Rafa Mir and for Kang and Lee, straight swap. Maybe we'll throw in an extra million euros or two. And then ask to get Guedes on a loan with an obligation to buy. So the word was they were looking at they wanted 25 million euros in order to sell Guedes. What if Wolves came in and said, we'll do an obligation to buy where we'll give you 30. Plus a sell-on fee, or thirty-five with a lower sell-on fee, would that be enough? Because okay, Valencia wow. would be getting the money now. They would be guaranteed they're getting it next year. Plus, they get his wages off the book, and next year Wolves aren't going to be constrained by uh, fair play financials. What do you guys think about that? Am I crazy?
2: I think with Valencia, are also playing very much in the world of Mr. Mendes as well. And yeah,
1: he's, he's supposed to be good friends with the, the owner or something.
2: The, the the Game of Thrones and the moving parts and all the pieces coming together. He's got his mucky mitts into it and, yeah. and moving it all around. So it, it's not. I, I I think from everything what the the club have said as well that they have to be cute with their financial and their, their transfer dealings this summer. I think that factors into it for sure that there may be a little give and take here Mm. and a loan with an obligation there so that it all works out in the end to our favor based on the situation that we find ourselves in currently.
0: And you could even tell Valencia, okay, we'll have this, the obligation where we're paying you more than you would get right now from any other teams. And also given the obligation or or given the option of what? You can buy almost hold the loan back if you want. Maybe give them the first option to mm. hold on to them. They're going to have to be creative, and I, I think we've seen that already this summer by the fact that they got eight and and re for like half off with the 50% sell-on fee. But if you look at it, they can buy out that sell-on fee for an extra 10. I thought that was really smart how they did it, and I think they tried to do that with Vitinia and couldn't, which is why that deal fell through. I don't know with Mendez involved, that could help. But to me with Valencia, that's, it would make sense if you're guaranteed and you're going to get more money next year while waiting the year for it. And I think wolves, I really believe next summer wolves are going to open up the checkbook. Cause I feel like right now they feel constrained by the um, fair play because they have to have a balanced book this year. And right. this is a this is an ownership group that spent boatloads of money the first two years. I just—that aggressiveness didn't go away. I feel like they're in the situation now, but, hey, Molyneux is going to be back, packed, get in a couple guys. I, I think they wouldn't mind spending the extra bit of money as long as we can move it to next summer. Personally, I, I really
2: like the potential of Gredes as well, just in the versatility mm-hmm. that he brings that— He could be a perfect fit in any of those forward three positions behind the striker. And he's more skill set that's capable down the middle as well. Could be just what we're looking for if it comes to a formation switch or reverting from a five to a four at the back and more of a two up front. I think it's got a lot of potential in numerous ways if he comes in
0: and Kenyon Lee he's also very versatile he can play second striker he can play that ten roll he could play out wide and we have the Rafa Mir chip yeah he's he, i think he wants to go to atletico but valencia is still pretty good in la liga and if we tell him look that's where you're going he'll go there and that he'd be a solid addition for valencia yeah, I could see that one guy we're definitely not getting is Ronaldo uh, Sanchez I don't know if you guys saw he had a knee injury so lil said they are not gonna sell him this year looked like some kind of men- meniscus issue which is disappointing but again I bring up I think the I think foson's gonna spend money next summer so maybe he becomes an option next summer Paul what are we gonna do at center back uh, <laughs> are we going to get at this point that's the
1: question yeah I don't know who it is
2: I think the main mooted name the the past few days that's come with a lot of controversy is the somedo from Olympiacos and the baggage that he brings with a a criminal record that will it's not got into whether it's a it's a moral Issue—it's whether out. he could even get into the UK based on that criminal record and being able to get a work permit. So I, I don't think, think that... he can.
1: I think he's banned from Spain already for eight, eight years. years. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and if we get that magical you that magical preseason to America next yeah. year, he can't come here either. Yeah. No. So... yeah. No. <laughs> I, I think that's a non-starter. But the, the only plus point to that is they should they've surely got someone lined up. If that name's still being kicked about, there was a guy from QPR in the Championship mentioned today as well. Dickie. I think it's got to be. Uh, th- th- gotta there's got to be someone coming in. Surely, I think what's just fr- it's not frustrating that I'm trying to be take a, take a deep breath and compress this transfer window in the way. It should be, but but it's tricky. But mm-hmm. the club have told us they came on film and said that, A, they're going to have to work w- within a limitation, that they're going to have to be flexible around the types of deals that they're putting together, and that it's going to happen late. So that yeah. I think that's exactly how it's yeah. panning out. I'm fine with that as as long as it's our first or second target that eventually comes in. I would hate to know that we've been in for two or three guys who, for whatever reason, have not come off, Mm. and now we're scrapping for the fourth or fifth that could leave us in trouble if that window slams shut. It's just those names that are kicking around like a Kurt Zouma.
0: That's my guy.
2: You know, if if we've been in for him, great, because it sets the calibre of player that we need coming in i just hope that if he was number one then we we're working on a fallback option and and someone Mm -hmm. as equally high caliber we we've got ready lined up we're just waiting for whatever those parts have got to be put together in order for him to sign on the dotted line i still
0: haven't given up on zuma because he's not a starter okay If you're wanting to start, yeah, I get it. He likes the London lifestyle. But if you're wanting to start and money talks, Hmm. we can pay him in wages. Come on over. Rebuild some of your value. I don't know. We'll see. Another name that's out there is uh, Amadou Diwara. I'm I'm a little hesitant on this because I'm getting Catrone vibes. From Rome, right? Yeah, (laughs) apparently, like, Wolves want him and they want to sell him. But Duarte, is like, I don't know, and we had that with Catroni and look at what it turned into.
1: It turned into yeah. a disaster. Yeah, I've not, I haven't heard anything good about that uh, in Iraq, <laughs> and so far, so I don't. Yeah, it makes me nervous again. And yeah, we haven't had much luck with any Italians, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're a Portuguese club. You gotta find some Portuguese <laughs> players,
3: <laughs>
1: some more.
0: And then there was one other name that uh, would be interesting to a lot of our listeners, and that was Matt Hoppy thrown around. Did you
1: guys watch any of the Gold Cup, Mike? I watched some of it. Yeah, they were. I don't think I saw him specifically play. He didn't, but where him stand out, but
0: he's interesting. Do I think he's going to be a star? No. Do I think he would be a starting Premier League talent? I don't know about that either. Mm. Would he be a solid addition for a few million pounds? Okay, I that might provide some good depth. Daryl DK is the guy that I still think has the most potential from Team USA. Oh, yeah,
1: he was the most impressive. And he's a big yeah. guy, too. Yeah, he's, he's, really big. he's humongous.
0: But, uh, Paul, I think you're on the Matt Hoppy train, right?
1: I,
2: I'm on a train of a player that could come <laughs> in and be that middle ground between 19-year-old Fabio and 30-year-old Raul that may, may be content with not being a start a week in and week out or has the mm. potential to strike up a partnership with either of those if they they're playing if they're playing a, a, a two up front so I think both of those American guys may fit that bill to me it would be dicky because, of at least having that experience of the UK and having that time at Barnsley, knowing what it's like to get kicked, turning out on a cold, rainy night in West Yorkshire. That's what we we need. And then I think he's still of a profile that he could come in and not be clamouring for a starting role, which the likes of someone like, Divock at Liverpool, mm. or Eduard from Celtic, they may mm. be thinking, if I'm coming to Wolves, I want to be the man, I want to be the number nine, I want to nice. be starting. Can we get one of those guys in who's content to to fit in to that dynamic that we're ideally looking for?
1: Yeah, that's good, yeah. You, so you guys aren't, you don't think Rafa Muir will stay? I don't think yeah. he'll stay, but... No, I don't, I you don't, don't think, think he'd be a good fit? I keep on thinking about him, and people were really excited and wanting him to stay. But I was like, I, I, th-
0: I think he'd make a good fit. But the, the issue comes down to he's not—he's made it clear he's not signing a contract extension. Yeah. And I get it; I probably would be in that same boat if I were him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, could he be that guy that we're looking for? This, yeah, sure. But if he's not going to sign a contract extension. Like, yeah. you got to cash out somehow. It was interesting to see pictures of him training with Poles. <laughs> yeah, I still didn't think he looked that thrilled with it. But hey, you never know. Maybe there's a change of heart. I don't know. I don't know. I guess the big question, Paul, is do any of these guys
2: have a nice enough smile for you? Yeah, I need to put some studying into their uh, <laughs> their their headshots and their portraits. That's a it's a big checkbox for me to, to to check off when we have these incomings.
1: How do you guys feel about jose Sa?
0: i thought there were a lot of nerves in that first half i thought he played a lot better in the second half but it did there were a few things in the first half where i was like yikes i think it was
2: nerves a big part of it the coverage was pretty crappy at the time because i think NBC was showing a, uh, a highlight and it turned out that he'd fluffed a kick and put us back under pressure. oh yeah but i think that was his only his only indiscretion i thought mm-hmm. his, his handling was good I really didn't see him troubled too much in the second half. No. But for for doing how well we we played in the second half, that was a reflection on the the work that he was put into. I I didn't see him a great ton, so that was good. But yeah, handling, kicking ball at his feet, comfort as far as that yeah. goes, it was all there. So I think he'll be he'll be fine.
0: So now that we've talked about the off the pitch stuff, that we have a game Sunday, uh, is it a big game, Paul? I I, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like there's somebody coming that is interesting. I I, I it, the name's slipping my mind now. Help me, Paul.
2: It's uh, he's Portuguese. He's got a beard. Uh, it's not Santa Large. Um, is it? Did you name your dog after this person? Originally. originally yeah i did
1: oh wow (laughs) that's awesome
0: so paul likes nice smiles and i think we'll all agree nuno has one of the nicest smiles out there um and he's coming into tottenham but we need a little help to preview the opposition so we're bringing in andrew from tottenham depot podcast how's it going andrew
3: it's going well gentlemen thanks for having me
0: oh thank you obviously lately when you talk about spurs there's one big question What's going on with Harry Kane? Are you feeling he's going to play as a fan? Are you disappointed? Like, what's going on there?
3: This whole situation has just been so bizarre from Jump Street, dating back to really to last season when he had the interview on the golf course with Gary Neville. It's just been awkward all around. Let's just put it that way. And of course, he was the only player in the opening weekend of the Premier League season coming back from from Euro 2020 to not participate. I, I think Jordan Henderson might have might not have participated as well, but the only player to really put things off and do it on his own accord that is. So f- for Spurs, it's been very awkward. as fans, it's been very awkward. Really the entire fan base has turned on Harry Kane at this point. There's a lot of if you look on social media, a lot of people calling him a snake. Uh, a lot of people poking at his brother, Charlie Kane, who serves as his agent. It's all been really awkward in in a word. I, as a fan, I, I want to see Harry Kane play for Spurs. Obviously, he's one of the best strikers, not only in England, but in the world. But at this point, it does feel like this relationship has gotten to a point where it's been fractured. And for once, it actually has not been fractured by Tottenham Hotspur, which is the weird thing. It's, this is not Daniel Levy's fault, the chairman at, at Spurs. This is Harry Kane and his people that have really done this. And they, they want a move to Manchester City. Obviously, that wasn't going to happen prior to... Spurs opening week game against Manchester City. The rumors are still out there and Daniel Levy wants at least 150 million pounds for Harry Kane. It doesn't seem like City want to go that high for Harry Kane. I've spoken to some people that follow City and even City fans are surprised if if City were going to go in that, that high for him at this point. They would just as soon patch the striker position together and and wait for someone like Erling Halan next season with yeah. the buyout clause. That's what I hear from all city fans. They don't want a 28 year old with busted up ankles already on, on his legs for that price. When in another two to three, maybe four seasons, Harry Kane could really be on the downcline physically for himself. So the whole situation is weird. I do. And I do think in the end, by the end of the month, I do think Harry Kane remains at Spurs because I don't think City are coming in for him at, oh, the, price that, at the price that Daniel Levy wants. So I, I, that's going to make it even more awkward when fans have to welcome him back. And really, I think it's more on Harry Kane to welcome himself back and to earn himself back into the, to the place of being the talisman and being the guy at Spurs.
2: So that connection between our two clubs looms large on Sunday, Andrew. So Talking about Nuno Espirito Santo, we as Wolves fans have known a distinct way of playing under Nuno. So what have been the first impressions amongst the Spurs fan base when it comes to him setting up a Tottenham team and how he sets his stall out the Tottenham? I have to
3: be honest, when Nuno Espirito Santo was the hire at Tottenham Hotspur, not a lot of fans were too excited. It, it, it felt like a summer for Spurs fans of attrition and it felt like a long summer without a manager and a managerial hire process that dragged on far too long. There were so many names thrown out there from Antonio Conte to Mauricio Pochettino, our former manager. And in the end, when Nuno was hired, Spurs fans were really just happy that there was a hire. They weren't really happy that it was Nuno. Um, in the little bit over a month that Nuno has been at Spurs, all of that has changed. Nuno has really, and and you guys would know this better than I even, Nuno has grown into the club already and with an opening week win over the champions and just the attitude that he has shown, he's really bedded in quickly at Spurs and he's really growing to be a fan favorite, which is great because that's obviously what you want to see. A lot of Spurs fans were hoping for a Mauricio Pochettino type of hire. Like I said, they even went after and tried to get Mauricio Pochettino back from PSG. And I'm not saying that Nuno could be that, but there are certainly there's certainly potential there, Um, especially after a lot of people were even skeptical of of hiring another Portuguese manager after the last Portuguese manager (laughs) because of how that went. But really, the first few weeks of this have been very good when he was first hired. A lot of people were excited as well, uh, including my podcast teammate, Dakota, who really a lot of people wanted to see us go to a back three and play with wing backs, And that's of course, something that Nuno did at Wolves. And that's not something that he's able to do at Spurs right now. And the biggest problem with that is, there aren't enough good center backs to play at Spurs. The Spurs have been shopping for center backs. We did bring in one in Coutinho. Well, that Romero. doesn't matter.
0: He played a back five with zero center. Backs. Well, <laughs>
3: that's fair. It felt like under Jose Mourinho we had zero center backs at times as well, even though there were two out there. So the way that he has played is has been similar. There have been some changes to to what Jose Mourinho did. The biggest difference for a lot of people is it. And and obviously we were only going off of one week in preseason here, so there's not a ton of meat on the bone to really discuss, but. It seems like he played that defensive style against City and that counterattacking style that Josie Mourinho wanted to play, but it didn't feel like parking the bus and praying for something to happen. It felt like there was intent. It felt like there was a plan to counterattack and to do it in a strategic way. And they're playing a 4-3-3 that kind of molds into a 4-2 at sometimes when it's needed defensively. And that's what they did late against City with a few substitutions. They were able to change the shape a little bit and pack it in a little bit more defensively after taking the lead. So far, it's been really positive and really fun to watch. Now, a lot can still happen with the window. And, and obviously, like I mentioned, the the Kane situation is going to change things with kind of how Nuno sets up this team and some of the options that still need to bet in that, that aren't quite back from preseason and summer and things like that. But so far, so good is really what it's been from Nuno. I, th- I think the other part too, is that with Jose Mourinho, it was a lot of bluster in the media, obviously, because that's just what you get with Jose Mourinho. Nuno, you get a lot of coach speak, which can sound boring and generic at times. But after Mourinho, it's a breath of fresh air because as Spurs fans, we just don't want to hear our manager sliding players nonstop and talking about a lot of negative things. We want to hear positivity. We want to hear things that are are pluses, And, and Nuno's been able to give that to us.
0: So obviously with Nuno there there's a lot of players that Nuno handpicked on Wolves roster. Are there any that you and other Spurs fans are going to be watching closely on Sunday, hoping that Nuno finds a way to bring them in before the transfer window closes? Can you I know, interest I... you in a Daniel Potence?
3: <laughs> <clears throat> I mentioned center backs earlier, and I'm a, I would say, moderate Connor Cody fan. I know he's your guy's captain, and I don't think that's going to happen, but that would be one that I would just, Keep my eye on. I, I don't think that that Nuno is going shopping for Wolves players. Let me just start by saying that. Um I know Roman Sice is another one. He's a little older. He's, I think he's 31 or 32 at this point. I, I really would just like to take him because he's the one that headed in that late equalizer at, at Molyneux last season against Spurs <laughs> and broke our hearts in the final five minutes. But no, in all the seriousness, Wolves are obviously a, a great squad and, and a lot of Spurs fans have a, a, a great respect for them. I think the popular answer here would be Adama Traore. That's I'm away
0: from my Adama.
3: <laughs> that's the thing. I'm not a huge... I like Traore. I don't think he fits into a Spurs squad. I think he fits into what... Wolves operate and and where that what they do. I like Ruben Neves. I I like the the young kid. Is it Hoover, the right back? But I know he just he's just really get, starting to get his legs there at Wolves too. Wolves obviously have a, a good bunch of players. It's just I don't think Nuno. No, the, the other good thing that about bringing Nuno in is that Spurs also brought in a director of football in in Paratici, and he's taking all of that over. And he's the one that's buying the groceries and letting Nuno cook with with them. No, I don't think has to have a lot of worry about trying to recruit players and bring players in right now. He's trying to coach the team, which is refreshing, especially like I say, I I keep harping on the last guy, but that is it is the oil and water that we're seeing right now in the change at Spurs. And it's been nice to see so far.
2: So from our standpoint, they've been entertaining games, but you mentioned that Roman Saiz equalized in the last few minutes last season. That's been our only solitary point from the last three meetings at Molyneux. So what are you thinking going into the game on Sunday, Andrew, in terms of results?
3: The Wolves' matchup, whether home or away, is always one that I look forward to because I know it's going to, like you said, be an entertaining match. It's something that always makes me nervous as a Spurs fan because of course, on paper, you would think Spurs are the bigger club and they would expect to go, to, to win a game against Wolves. And I don't say that as a slight to, to Wolves or their fans. It's just the way football is. But I, as a Spurs fan, this match always makes me nervous because it's always, like you said, a good game, a competitive game. I, I watched Wolves play against Leicester this past weekend, and despite the result, I thought Wolves were the, had the better of it. I thought they were the better team and played similarly to how they were playing under Nuno. Really, it seemed like the only change for you guys was in goal. And otherwise, it looks like a real carbon copy of a, a, a team that is dangerous and a team that can do a lot, especially especially when they get the ball through that midfield. And like you said, Traore is a threat always. It, Spurs are going to have to learn to how to play a different type of match going into this week, because obviously playing city, you're going to have to absorb a ton of pressure. You're going to have to learn to score with only about 35% of the ball, which they were able to do, but now you've got to, you know, switch things up a little bit and you're as Spurs, you're probably going to expect to have a little bit more of the ball than you did last week. So you're going to need to figure out what to do with it. Um, And that's in the past and, and under Jose Mourinho, that was an issue. A lot of times Spurs would go on the road to play a team like Newcastle or Burnley or West Ham, and sometimes figure out that they're going to have 55, 60% of the ball and not know what to do with it and not have a a plan or a real intent with it. They got so used to playing, sitting back and playing deep and trying to just counterattack. But (laughs) when when you have the ball already, it's tough to counterattack with it. Spurs are going, that's what makes me a little bit nervous about this match. I am confident in the way that Spurs have gone through the preseason and obviously in a victory over the champions in the first game. I, I do think Spurs can get the three points, but Being that it's on the road, I would be satisfied with a point. That said, I would have been satisfied with a point last week and they got me three. It's one of those things where I'm looking forward to the challenge of Spurs having to do something a little bit differently and trying to be a little bit more creative. And especially because we don't really know at this point whether or not Harry Kane will be in attendance. We have a a European match on Thursday that they say he's probably not going to play and he's going to continue to work on his fitness. Who knows if he's going to be fit enough to appear or who knows if... Just all of the awkwardness will be worked out of this club enough for him to appear in this match on Sunday. It would be nice. It would be nice to have him. It would be nice for him to score a goal and kiss the badge and show everyone that he wants to be at Spurs. But we all know that he doesn't. So that's what makes it uh, extremely awkward in the long run. But there are plenty of other attacking players that that can be creative with the ball and, and do a job. Uh, Min Son obviously being the number one there. But I, I just I want to see... Good attacking play through the midfield, and, and with the ball, Spurs to able, be able to figure out how to do something when it's not on a counterattack.
0: I think Nuno's going to get a warm reception. Is that going to last, though, Paul, if they win the game?
2: Personally, I, I want Molyneux to be at its raucous best against him. As soon as he gets off the bus, I hope there's attitude. I hope there's some, not hate, obviously, but we need a competitive advantage. And I'm fine for him having a nice round of applause when he comes out onto the pitch. That's where it stops. Soon as mm-hmm. that whistle blows, he's dead to. It. He's dead to <laughs> us, you know. In, in, in that respect, it all well, it all goes out the window. i We got much...
0: we got the Kevin O'Leary of a uh, whole lot of wolves right here. You're dead <laughs> yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. He,
2: he'll have as much hate from the Molyneux masses as, as someone like Anil Neil Warnock would. Yep. That's how we've got to tackle it. That we, we draw mm. a line and descend he did it. He did a great job and everything, yada, yada, but it's done. And, and we move on and Bruno and the lads, they, they get our hundred percent support and everything that goes with it.
0: Who do you think going to be more fired up for this game? Nuno or Nuno's old players?
1: I don't know. Now, if I was Nuno and I was coming back, I'd definitely want to stick it to my old bosses. He's got every inclination to prove them wrong. He's already proved them wrong by beating City in the first match of the season. And now he just wants to keep it going, to rub it in their face. Like, you guys you guys let me out of a contract. You guys didn't want me. And look what I'm doing over here. If you would just listen to me about the players I wanted to or invested how I wanted you to. It's yeah, funny yeah.
2: the the only player that he won't have seen is Trincao. So yeah, it, it out of the remaining, it, it won well, and Sar, saw. the yeah. the the outfield players they were all his. In that he, he never fell out with a Cody or a Bolly or yeah. or yeah. Neves or anything like that. They were all his guys week in week out and. You you hope our team, obviously, that they're professional and, and that's what they'll hopefully have the blinkers on and play accordingly, re- regardless who's in the opposition's dugout. But it's it does seem that n- none of them have got a chip on the shoulder to to yeah. prove Nuno wrong, because he was a first-team players coach. He always supported them. Yeah. They, they were his generals. But that, that puts some nerves into my tummy for sure that are we going to be as, as up for it as he will be and can he transfer what he wants to get across into his players to put out performance as well so
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you think Kane starts <laughs> I was thinking that but now I'm not so sure he's supposed to play in the Europa match I think match
0: yeah, this I'm, week.
1: I, so I don't know.
0: know I'm not sure if you're going to sell him do you throw him out there in case he gets injured i I don't know i don't know does he want to go out there (laughs)
2: yeah yeah if he's put his like the stake in the ground so vehemently that he wants off that it would make it interesting that if he did, if it wasn't, if it was a genuine no-show for preseason training where he wasn't showing up, does that extend to a game day where he says, "Yeah, I want to move and I don't want to be involved because I want to protect my health mm-hmm. and protect mm-hmm. that move"? And then the flip side of that is, I'm sure the club would want to do that as well. That a they don't want to, they, they don't want the fume that goes with it from him. And yeah, you potentially. Sorry 150 million away, he <laughs> forgets about the injuries. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. They're, they're damned if they do.
0: Mike, do you? how do you see our lineup? Do you see any starting
1: 11 changes? Other than Tomato coming in for Hoover, if he's if he's fit enough. They, I bet you they probably plan for 70 minutes and maybe sub them out. I can't think of anybody else. I liked Kilman. I don't know if Bali's going to be back. That would be nice. If you had Bali and Kilman and Cody, those are pretty pretty solid back three for me. I don't think anybody else I would change, really. I definitely think Jimenez scores. Two goals. That's my hope. Ooh, (laughs) two (laughs) goals.
0: (laughs) Paul, what what are you expecting from the lineup?
2: I'm expecting a few tweaks. I think we'll still see the five at the back, but it seems that we're at home. We need the attacking intent. I think probably Hoover keeps his place again to Mm. maybe we see some 70 minute. Mark onwards.
1: Click I block, think yeah. I
2: knew mm-hmm. comes in for Marcel to give us that option down the left. That's more attacking. I think and so. per- yeah. Personally, it, it's one for me with the way that Spurs set up and, and their center of the park midfielders. that it's a game where Routinho on the bench and then Donka starts. Yeah. I'm going to be curious to see that. I think, I think
0: the lineup's going to be potentially a message from Lodge to the board as far as what additions need to be made. If he throws out the same 11, I will view that as he's trying to send a message about oh. additions needed. But uh, I would start Semedo and Nori both. And then, yeah, I'm I'm with Paul. I think Dendonker in place of Motinho. So we'll see how it goes. What are your predictions, Paul? Also, I'll let
2: you start. <laughs> I, I've got a... I've got a horrible feeling Uh-oh. that it's gonna be one of those games where Nuno plays all the right cards and we end up on our backs having our bellies tickled and it's a three or four <laughs> one defeat. But <laughs> on our back trying, be trying <laughs> to be positive. I'm trying to say that with old Wolves and we don't know what life right. is going to do. So we just don't know. It could be the total opposite and we go out there and we, we stuff them and we're the one scoring for. It, it, it's too early in the season to, to have that body of work, but I've just got that years of gloom and torture of what the walls have done to me that always makes me look negative at any these types of returning managers coming back to haunt us let's not be all doom and gloom i'm gonna this is episode two of our second yeah. season so i'm yeah. gonna go for that entertaining two, two draw. <laughs> two, two, there you
1: draw. go there's something i'm gonna bank on the fact that the Spurs' first match and Nuno's first match was owing to the fact that Nuno has Pep's number. And he is the, I think he's like the, either tied with Klopp or, or maybe the number one winningest coach against Pep. So, with that in mind, I think it's just going to, they're going to just have a complete implosion. I think Kane's going to start and he's just going to cause a ruckus. And I think it's going to be 2-0 two, two, Wolves. Wow. Yeah. I like Adama is going to score. I feel it. I'm not worried
0: about us getting our bellies tickled like Paul, but I I guess I will have to be a little bit of the realist here. I think it's going to be 2-1 Spurs. I wouldn't be shocked if we scored first and then let two goals in late, but I think Adama is going to get an assist to Raul, and I think that's going to be an awesome scene, but I just have a feeling we just don't have that depth yet. Mm. So I'm going to say 2-1 Spurs. Reminder of the announcements you mentioned last week, Paul, as we're early into the season?
2: Yeah, just feedback from when we had a support survey at the end of season one. And one of those was as uh, an overseas fan. From America, what the match day experience is. So if you are North American based and you are planning on making that special trip back to the Molyneux once travel opens up and restrictions are lifted and all of that goes with it, hopefully it's this season, but do let us know. We'd love to get you involved just to hear about how you get on back in England. Maybe you can guest on the following episode if you're back on the podcast. Or you bet if you're able to send us a voice note, if you're on an extended trip, just to get your feedback and experiences from that game and any others you may be able to to take in. That would be pretty awesome.
0: And we're on the lookout for
1: help.
2: Yeah, that's right. If you were a listener, but you would actually like to get hands on and help put this podcast together with us then we'd love for you to get in touch particularly if you have any expertise with graphic design video editing or the actual production of a audio podcast so you might be at school at the moment doing some of those types of projects that you could put towards a course credit or work experience you may be new into a career in the media and that's the type of skills that you could add to your portfolio so if you think you'd be a fit then please reach out by email to hello at whole lot of wolves.com.
0: and so as we re- approach the end of the game mike can you remind the listeners about what you've got on the horizon with virginia wolves and how they can get in touch with you
1: Sure. Uh, you can email me at chatml at vcu.edu. You can check out my Twitter, our Virginia Wolves, at Wolves Virginia. Uh, and you can also go, you can find my uh, blog, my Wolves blog post, which I'm hopefully going to be more consistent this year, on my Twitter account, on one of the posts that I recently made. And yeah, that's pretty, that's basically it. And hopefully once COVID goes bye-bye forever, in the next millennia, we will actually meet face to face and watch a game with some beers, like we're supposed to, not virtually, or in my house by myself, which is <laughs> just as fun, but not as uh, yeah, not as communal as I would like it to be. So just come out
0: to Texas; we're wide open over here. <laughs> yeah,
1: I just got I just got to fly around to different <laughs> <little> <laughs> supporters' clubs. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that would be great
2: if like Mike, listeners you're in a part of the country where there's some potential for formalizing your own supporters group however small then get in touch as we can help you out directly and also the club are hugely supportive too so we can point you in the right direction of a ton of Good resources and a main contact that you can go through at Worldwide Wolves in order to get you started and set up. And once that happens and you come together, do let us know as we'd love to welcome you onto the podcast as a guest to help promote it also so that's it we're on to sunday do get in touch with us on facebook and twitter plus also do what you can in terms of liking subscribing sharing reviewing a whole lot of wolves. however you may be listening we will catch you next week to review everything from sunday and preview The continuation of this tough start ahead of Man United's visit. So until then, support the boys afar from Sunday. Put all your efforts behind Bruno. Let us take no prisoners and up the mighty wolves.